0: Hello and welcome to the Albion Social, your number one podcast for all things Albion. My name's Brad, also known as Albion Insights, and I'm with my co-host Alf. How are you doing, Alf?
1: All good, mate.
0: How are you? I'm good. Had a couple of weeks break from everything Albion, feeling better mentally for it now as well, which is always good. After that disappointing last yeah,
1: needed, needed after blues, mate. Needed a, a period of reflection. Yeah.
0: And I think the the lads probably did as well. So today we'll be looking back at Blues, touching slightly on um some some decisions that went against us, and then also looking forward to to Plymouth as well on the weekend. Yeah. Um. So with Blues, do you just want to give me your initial thoughts on the game? How how you felt when you watched it on, on the decisions that went against us as well? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll uh I'll leave the penalty aside for now because we'll talk about it
1: in full. Um, But, I thought it was, it was a weird game. I thought it it epitomised the Derby game, to be honest. It was just, odd, weird. Um, I thought we were the better team, to be honest. Not that that, was any, any achievement, because I really didn't think much of Blues, at all. Sound team, don't get me wrong, not, not the worst team in the league. But, um, yeah, I wasn't impressed with them at all. But, Oh what! I thought we was okay. We did enough to win the game. Um, obviously, a varying pieces of football uh, went against us, as such. And uh, yeah, I think it was funny because at the end of the game, I you know I felt happy with what the players did. Um, and you know we just lost three-one at St Andrews. Any other time, you'd be screwing. Do you know what I mean and I was happy with the effort I was happy with how he played obviously the second half I thought we was uh, dominant um attacking for most of the half and uh yeah it's it's just a frustrating one really
0: yeah I mean it, it's not, not just like a personal reflection because the the stats also reflect what you're saying in the sense that we were probably the most dominant team and especially in the second half as well we could we were sort of dominant in the game it was just that penalty decision that that I'll I'll probably bring us back to just for for the time being, Um, straight away in the 23rd minute, it was 1-1. And we we sort of, we still could have had the game by the scruff of the neck, but I felt like maybe we didn't kick on enough and put enough pressure on Blues. I feel like we'd done ourselves, we we played okay. And we we sort of played into Blues' game almost in my opinion.
1: Well, I think um, with the penalty, It was, uh, I think it was a big matter of momentum um, Mm. because it was, I feel like before the penalty, we was the better team. Um, It was a bit of a nothing game though, you know, it wasn't, Mm. it wasn't either here or there, but obviously we got the goal. It felt like we was attacking well. Then that happens. And um, I think I feel that they got their second goal directly off the back of the The momentum they gained from that first, from the first goal. It really got them up for it. We was obviously knocked us down a few pegs. It rocked us. And, um, it's just so game changing. It it changed the course of the whole game. And um, I feel like you can put both of the goals down to that one decision. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously you can reflect on defensively and this, that and the other as Carlos did himself on the second phase of the free kick for the second goal yeah. but um like i say i think it just it just really comes down to that momentum that blues gained and you could see you know live how how much they took blues the blues players took from that decision the momentum and how much the albion players rightly or wrongly kind of got knocked back i mean it's always going to happen you want to say you know keep your chin up bloody blah but you're always going to get uh, rocked by that kind of decision, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a proper derby match and you could see from a lot of Sanderson celebrations how, how much he enjoyed that uh, as well. Um, I, I think all form and all um game plans go out the window in a derby and you can see that from Blues coming into the game with very poor form. That was our first loss in five games and second loss in 10 games prior to Blues. So we come into the game very good form and I think Blues... Attacked it very well. Um, obviously, since then, Eustace actually left the club as well, which is uh, okay. another manager at the hands of, of the mighty Albion. Mighty baggies. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I think with, with the whole game, I think it's one of the things to take it on the chin and move on with the season. Now, it, the Blues are a very good side. They set up very well, and that they deserved to win. In, in overall, they deserve to win. Well. I'd, I'd, uh... I don't think in, they in, did in, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't think they
1: did. Well, I, I suppose they did obviously in some you know from a perspective because they scored the goals. I mean exactly. they made the penalty, the the free um the second goal it is well worked. It's a great ball in from I think it was drama. Mm, drama. Um it's a brilliant ball in and then Sanderson is just I said I said in the in, the, in our yeah. last podcast about Sanderson, I think he's a really good player. As much as I was, you know, saying some nasty things about him when he was in <laughs> front of us, um, but he's he's a fantastic player, and it's a great header. And uh, the third goal
0: is, but
1: yeah, I mean, I... exactly. And
0: I, I think we, <clears throat> from the penalty decision, like you said, with the momentum and stuff, but we had 70 minutes to try and, to grab the game by the scruff of its neck and turn it around. Yeah. And I do agree. It, it, I it's
1: on us. So, end of the day, it, it, it's on us. So. Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Like I say, it's it's not fully down to momentum and the penalty and de blah. But no. yeah, it, it, I do agree. Obviously, but I think we I feel like we attacked well enough, and I feel like another day, you win that game two mm. three nil, and it's like I feel like that's nine that day is nine times out of ten, and we've just landed on that one day.
0: Um, but yeah, we we move on. We move on. We move. We certainly do move, and <clears throat> now we've been moving on to uh, Plymouth at home on Saturday. Plymouth are a very interesting side this season. They've um, dropped down to 18th position now in the league hmm. um, after a, a good couple of opening games. We've been in a draw draw against Watford and a 6-2 win against Norwich, where they did show some very good football. It's for, do you think it's strange to see them, see them so far down as the New promoted side? Do you think they should be a little bit higher up for, from the players that they have? Or do you think it's a oh. reflection on, on what they are at the Melbourne?
1: I think they've done well, personally. Obviously, they've had a little bit of a blip as, as such. But um, I don't think many people would have had them above you know, Sheffield, Wednesday, Rotherham. Stoke, Watford, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think they can be happy with their start. Scored a few goals, 18 goals scored, but they've conceded goals with 19 goals, which, you know, I feel like for a promoted team, and I feel like um, going into the season, Plymouth were the one team out of the three um, promoted sides that you'd flag up as the weakest. Mm -hmm. I think they did some nice uh, moves in the summer for sure obviously uh, Bally Mumba, I think it is, isn't it yeah um, what a man yeah great player great player obviously they've been playing him left wing I think haven't they yeah he's um,
0: sort of moved further up the pitch I think. it's his gone yeah. through the season
1: and they've got uh, the left back are they playing someone left back I can't remember well uh, Morgan Whitaker as well mm. Another great signing. I mean, they're they're signing for like a million pounds, and obviously, he had a great season for Plymouth last season. I think it was like half a season. Yeah. And it felt like such an obvious gamble to take for someone a bit higher than Plymouth, a bit with a bit more power, a bit more juice. But Plymouth got him, and he's scored four, assisted three. You can't, um, can't underestimate it really
0: no and i think it was quite a naive sort of um sale from norwich as well yeah no sorry we, we took her from swansea and by yeah. from norwich the way around <laughs> i think it was quite a naive sale from swansea and when you look at the sale of um pierreau as well the, the left was sort of like jerry yates and Mikovic up top yeah and I feel like, obviously, Morgan Wittig has been a great signing, um, as you said. He's got four goals, three assists in in the season so far. Also with Ryan Hardy up top as well. It's mm-hmm. quite a, a fluid front three of Hardy, um, Azaz, who's obviously an ex-Albion player as well, on loan from Villa at the moment. And then gets quite a fluid front three, and I can see them causing quite a lot of problems for us.
1: Yeah, for us, yeah. Um, I think it's easy to look at this game as a, you know, um, not an easy win, but one of the easier wins. Do you know what I mean? When it, it won't be, it won't be like, like you say, they've got some good players. They've played some decent football. I think they've uh, continued from where they left off last season in terms of the fo- the style of football, uh, which is obviously reflected in their goal scored. Um, but yeah, I think we we're, we're gonna have to put put down our marker early. Get some possession early on. And uh not let them play. Show we have to show them what we can do. And um we've
0: we're fully capable of that, so Yeah, and I think if you look at Plymouth's stats from the start of the season that they're creating a lot of chances but also conceding a lot of chances as well. I mean the in, in the, the top four for chances created for uh, non penalty XG created as well. But also second from bottom for chances conceded, so yeah. they're scoring a lot of goals, which obviously most of them coming against Norwich in the six-two win. But they're conceding a lot of goals, and I think we need to sort of assert our dominance as a, this certified um, championship team and really go into this game and make a point that Blues was, Blues was a blip, and we really need to make these promoted teams. We need this is a game where it, it, it's a must have been essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: so, it's I'm definitely a must miss If we want to be doing
1: anything at all this season, these we have to be winning these games. Um, it is an ideal opportunity. Um, going back on what I just said about it being, you know, seen as an easy win, but it is an ideal opportunity, especially with the double header at home of Plymouth and QPR. It is a massive opportunity to get back on track, get the momentum back, and make sure that. The Blues game just becomes a red dot on a green record mm-hmm. you know, over the, you know, over a ten game period or so, mm-hmm. um, and you know, um, we can we can absolutely beat Plymouth, no doubt about it. Um, it's just about doing it on the day. <laughs>
0: yeah, if, if we want to, <laughs> If want to, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the more interesting stats that I've seen <coughs> regarding Plymouth's start of the season as well is that. The one of the um one of the teams in the league which had the fewest crosses, which was quite interesting. So obviously, not to play more direct sort of quality attacking football, and I think that that actually suits us better rather than a team that puts lots of crosses into the box. If like, we do struggle to sort of de- defend our area and deal yeah. with into the box a lot more than someone who's sort of playing face to face, who's playing straight towards our defence. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, well, yeah, I've 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 liked our low block, um. I've liked how we've regrouped uh, into the five. It's, it's become a bit of a five-three-two mm. when we're, uh, you know, when we're defending. So, like you say, I feel like we're almost like uh, uh, not their their worst idea to come up against because we we only leave the two outside. You've got eight players in the middle, where clearly they like to work it through. So hopefully we can crowd them out.
0: Yeah, like I said, so I think the only issue there is probably the the movement from like Whittaker, as and Hardy. Like, there's a lot of movement, a lot of runs in behind, a lot of fast attacking football, and we need someone like Carl Bartley in the centre of that to make sure that he he's sort of commanding the area and make sure everyone's organised. Because if we, so if we capitulate from from the pressure from them playing the ball around our box, then then obviously there's the chances which that which they can convert, but. I'll fully
1: expect us to win this game. Yeah, so do I. So do I. Um, I think it would nowadays it would be a disappointment if we didn't. To be honest, mm. um, especially with our home form over, you know, since Carlos joined. Um, and like I say, if we don't, if you're not taking advantage of the these games and the games on Tuesday and the fact that it's a double header at home, you, you're not getting anywhere in this division, sadly. Mm.
0: Well, I think the only thing that may um, impact us from getting the win on Saturday is probably our injury list at the moment. (laughs) So over the international break, um, some of you may have seen on Twitter the rumours of um, Matty Phillips picking up a a muscle strain, according to um, our sources on Twitter. Um, It's it's one of those things with with Matty Phillips where he goes on a run of five, six, seven really good games and then... unfortunately, picks up one picks knock, which leaves him out for 6 to 8 to 12 weeks. And you never really know what you're going to get with Matthew Phillips. And it's a, it's a shame because he's been revitalised in, in that new role, which Carlos found for him at left wing back. And it is is a massive shame if he is ruled out um, for the un, unforeseeable. I think you also look at the likes of Swift, who have been ruled out for six weeks, uh, Sarmiento for four weeks, and then DK and Reach and Madger as well it was a very sort of weak squad go coming out of the summer transfer window anyway and I think this was a lot of our concerns especially mine and yours concerns was that yes we have the quality there in the squad to be able to compete for the top 6 and top 10 but we don't have the quality and depth to be able to do that No it's a, it's a sticky one is it and I mean I think
1: it's funny because really the in- the numbers on the injury list aren't that bad but they're all attackers. So it is bad because you're losing Phillips, who is obviously um, a left winger slash left, left wing back. And you've lost Swift now who's in the 10, who we haven't really got another number 10. Um, And obviously uh, Carlos has kind of crafted a specialized position for Swift on that left wing coming inside role that uh, really we haven't got, anyone to fill those shoes. So, um, yeah, I mean, if it, if it does turn out that, um, Phillips is injured and, uh, like you say, it is, it's the annual, the annual, you know, Matty Phillips has a good run and then he's out and you're like, it's just frustrating. Mm -hmm. But if it does, if it turns out that he is out for a bit, um, I'm not he's, he's trying to rack your brains about how to rejig the uh, starting eleven. To be honest,
0: well, um, yeah, because he's e sort of is pivotal to the system in my opinion, and obviously in Carlos's opinion as well. And I think it, the only two options really is is it a straight swap for Townsend at left wing back, or do you revert back to a to a back four with Townsend coming coming in at left back and then going to two centre backs?
1: Yeah, but that's that's what was, that's what I'm saying. I think. Um, I'm a fan of Townsend. I always have been. But he's not a wing back at all. He hasn't got the ability to take on a man. He's not blessed with great pace. Um, I think he's got a decent delivery on him. Um, But his delivery is suited to supporting a left winger. And Townsend can kind of drop back and send in those deeper deliveries Mm. uh, to the back post kind of thing. He's not suited to get into the byline. This, that and the other. So it's, it's a sticky one really do you like you say, like for like with 10's to keep that structure um, that we've obviously built up that Carlos has built up or revert back to that four, which could obviously it could be risky, especially with how Plymouth play, as we've said um, interplay um, you could be bringing center backs out of position, full backs out of position.
0: It's uh it would be a risky change, I think. And I think the only the only um, other change which I think we haven't considered, but you did on, on the last episode of this, was maybe Pippa, that left wing back. Yeah, actually, yeah. Because I think we both completely... <laughs> just, yeah, just I forgot, forgot about that. Pippa. <laughs> poor chap. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it could be an in inclusion. I think he should, should be up to match speed now, really. He's had, what, five, six weeks with, with us now, sort of training yeah. with a few games, a couple of um, sort of... Little appearances here and there. Um, It could well be that he is included in the side on, on Saturday, the left wing back. And he, he does, Carlos does stick with the five at the back sort of system because I do think that the five at the back is the one which he will go for and it probably is the best suited to the opposition as well. Yeah. We're then playing three three forwards essentially. We need the three at the back. Yeah, oh. no, I'd, I'd agree.
1: I'd, I did forget about Pippa, like you say. <laughs> uh, Poor fellow, man. Can't feel for him. But um, it's a funny old game, isn't it? Um, how uh, this might be his opportunity to really stake his claim at left oh, wing oh. back. Um, sure. So I'll be interested to see that. Um, someone I would really like to see as well, um, seeing as Swift is injured, um, is the man who replaced him at Blues, Tom Fellows. Um, yeah. Obviously, he had a barnstorm in pre-season. He was getting rave reviews. He was just, uh, you know, a dog out of gates. He was running at players, fearless, um, ex- everything that, you know, certain players have showed not to be. Hmm. And um, yeah, it's, I was surprised it took this long to see him, to be honest. I know we've got a few wingers, um, obviously we brought Samiento in as well. But I thought he might get rewarded for his uh, pre-season. But he came on against Blues and again, he looked fearless. He looked like a player who's got experience in the division. And um, yeah, I'd like to see him given the opportunity to build on that. Um, Whether that's, you know, half-hour substitute appearances or, you know, starts, I would really like to see him um, just given the platform to thrive, really.
0: Yeah, and I think it's quite similar to Mois as well, who had like, a really good pre season but then we didn't really see him for like four or six games. It was quite a strange sort of um, sort, sort of inclusion to have to not have Tom Fellows sort of involved in the Day squad in my opinion anyway, because as you said he had a, he had a brilliant pre season. I think he fully deserved that chance to kick on and, and stake his claim. And these injuries, yes, that obviously are very negative for the squad overall, but for these type of players who are on the fringes, it's a massive opportunity for them to come in and and make a a point and say, OK, I deserve this chance. And we are in sort of a transitional period at the moment as well as a club. So these players like Tom Farrows and Caleb Taylor, they will get chances throughout the season and I would really like to see Tom Farrows be included. As you say, maybe it's the last half-ever sub or something just against Plymouth, just to show what he can do again
1: yeah definitely i mean it's i think it's the least he deserves Mm. to be honest obviously he had uh, a little run under val didn't he um Mm. where he was he ended up starting i remember at home and he he wasn't very good um but he was he must have been 18 and you know he's never gonna rock up in the team No, uh, just be good at 18. but then he went away did the hard yards he kind of went off the radar a bit and you're thinking when where's that fellow's fellow gone kind of thing. Then um, obviously went out to craw- uh, Crawley last season. Um, I was following him loosely on like foot mob and stuff, which, you know, it's like <laughs> Wikipedia for, you know, referencing. Um, but it seemed like he was having, you know, an adequate season, pretty decent, um, playing a lot of football, which is the main thing at his age, he was 19 when he left. Um, and then, so he's done the hard yards. He's gone down to League Two. He's uh, put his put his neck on the line. Do you know what I mean? Come back, and um, yeah, I would, like I say, like you, like you say, it's uh, opportunities can present themselves, and I would hope that uh, this could be one for both fellows and Pippa, to be honest.
0: I think with with Fellows, it's probably physicality was, was his main issue, wasn't it? I think he always yeah. had the skill and, and the pace there, but he wasn't up to the physicality of the Championship. And I think we've seen it over the past couple of years where these talented players have gone into League 2, but they haven't flourished and they've struggled. And you look at lots of like Ryan Tullock and Johnny Laco and players like that who've gone out on loan and haven't really impressed come back and then they've been shipped off. Mm. Whereas Fellows has come back into the squad and he's impressed and he looks more physical, he looks quicker, but he looks just a much better all round player. And you really hope that it's one of them players that they can you now kick on and and sort of make his mark like, like Dara O'Shea did.
1: Yeah, yeah, well yeah, and I mean, um, Dara, it was as you say, opportunities. Uh, well, while, while you're in transition as a club. And his opportunity came from obviously uh, Ferguson getting injured. Yeah. Ferguson's it wasn't came <laughs> from yeah, and Ferguson's came from us not having a right back. And uh, Slav liked what he saw, and he gave him a chance, and he took it. And uh, I'm a big advocate for you know giving these players the the opportunity um, because what what have you got to lose for a start? Uh, and now we're in this kind of position. Obviously, when you're in the Premier League. When you're maybe like we was under Big Dave or Slav, um, which fully enough Slav gave you know Ferguson and um, Dara their chances. Maybe you can say, yeah, let's you know draw back on the youth youth players and stuff like that. We need to get this goal, but now we've we've got nothing to lose, especially with the injuries as you as we're saying. Um, So I'd be disappointed, to be honest, if uh, by the time Swift gets back, uh, Fellows hasn't at least started a game. I would be really disappointed, to be honest.
0: So I think the last question I have for you, Alf, for today is what do you think our front three will be for uh, Plymouth on Saturday? Well, um, God... Can you you see BTA coming back into the front three? Can you see Jed moving back? Yeah.
1: Yeah. See, uh, I was missing someone then I was, yeah. So it would, it's got to be um, Dan Garner on the left, um, Mm. which is another like kind of blessing in disguise because that's his, he plays the left side is his side. Mm. Um, Obviously he's been playing on the right to accommodate Swift, rightly so. Um, but again, another opportunity for someone else. Uh, obviously, Jed on the right, a uh, bit of a given, even with with a, without injuries. And then BTA through the middle. I would, I, I think, you can uh, put your mortgage on that being the front three. To be
0: honest, yeah. as it's literally just fellows after that, isn't it? Uh, exactly. And I, I think I fully agree with that as well. I think it has to be a front three. I can't. Doesn't. There's no one else really that that, that we can play in, in that front three, so it's a difficult one, but an easy one for Carlos, it seems.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but as I say, I would like to see Fellows off the bench, um, and he's um, he, he tends to take the Garner off, doesn't he? Or Wallace, to be fair, he, he tends to uh, if it's not working or you know he, fresh legs. So I'm quite hopeful of seeing fellows to be honest
0: on saturday i I assume that the fellows will have have a bit past at least um in the game on saturday especially with the game coming up on um midweek as well against qpr i assume there will be a bit bit, bit of rotation there even if we don't have a lot of players to rotate (laughs) yeah just a little bit of rotation (laughs) um okay so i think that wraps up today's episode um thank you for joining me out good stuff it's good stuff man Great to discuss that with you and hopefully we can pick up three points on saturday
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully, next time we talk, we'll be six points up. (laughs) That's great. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Bye. See you later, mate.